This is a series we're doing called Growing Through Grief. And um, it's an important, there's an important title if you think about it, because what we're trying to say during this series is grief is a part of life, first of all. And it's important to recognize that. And we grow through grief. And so a lot of a lot of things in life can't be avoided no matter how hard you try and so you can take an angle like oh this is so this is so terrible my life is terrible why is this happening to me or you can recognize that loss is a part of life now when i say loss just to kind of bring us together remind us of where we're doing this series we're talking about death, losing a loved one, but we're also talking about losing a relationship. We're talking about losing a job, losing a reputation, uh, losing a relationship, any type of loss, which of course would include physical death. And what I'm trying to get across in this series is something that I hope we can just sit and wrap our minds around, and it's this, that grieving is actually a skill that you essentially need for life. And it's a skill that right away, when I say it, you think, ah, oh, that's something I don't need. And by the way, if you're under 20, just go to sleep. You're not, you're not listening anyway, honestly. If you're under 20, it's like, I don't even care. Because you think nothing bad's ever going to happen to you. You think you're going to live forever. You know, you, anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, you may know an under 20-year-old that has no idea about life. Gets straight A's in microbiology, but doesn't have a clue about life. Do you know what I'm talking about? All right, just, um, in other words, the older you get, the more tread you have on your tires, the more you start to realize Wait a minute, wait a minute. Life is not just all gonna be, um, everything's gonna work out exactly the way that I planned, but I'm gonna suffer. There's gonna be loss, there's gonna be setbacks, there's gonna be heartache. And so, you're gonna learn all these skills in life. You're gonna have skills like, you're gonna have a trade skill, you're gonna have computer skills, you're gonna have people skills, you know, you're gonna have all this other negotiating skills. You're gonna get all these skills in life. But the one skill people don't teach, and I, I, as I've thought about it, I think, yeah, where do you ever learn this skill? And it's like there's nowhere to learn it, and that's grieving. Just sitting there and losing something in dealing with it. In fact, in fact, um, it's probably true in our culture, we're even shielding people more from this. I talked about how funerals are very bubble-wrapped experiences more and more, less touching of dirt, less uh, touching of the dead bodies, because they're just pulling us further and further away from it. And now you'll notice this with our kids, right? Um, now our kids don't ever lose at school. There's no loser. They're, there's Everybody's a winner. Now, I'm not here trying to beat little kids down. You're a loser. That's not what we're trying to do, right? You don't ever tell them that. But the reality is, like if I race Charlie, now she's into racing, 
she wins every single time, all right? So yes, I let her win, right? That's probably healthy for almost three-year-old, but she's going to race somebody else one day, and she's going to lose, and I need to let her know that she's going to, what? I don't need to call her a loser. She's going to know I lost. I don't need to blame the officials, blame her shoes. Just know that you're going to win sometimes and sometimes you're going to. Isn't that life? And, and so we're shielding more and more because we don't want to deal with this emotion of pain and loss. But look, this is so key. It is a part of life. Whether you're losing, I mean, I remember how amped up. Does anybody remember field day? Do they still do field day in elementary school? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, field day. I like, like for three days, I just got adrenaline rush. I got amped up on the inside. Like, I might be the fastest kid, you know. I might throw the softball the furthest. And I get, anybody get these butterflies? Field day. Does anybody even know what I'm talking about? I feel, I thought I would land. I thought I'd connect today, but maybe I'm not. I mean, I would just get so amped up for field day. And then when I lost something, oh, the tragedy. Oh, the drama of second grade softball, third place. But we, we shield kids more and more. And I'm not a psychologist. I'm not here to tell you what I know. Or, I'm just saying, in general... I don't know if we're doing ourselves favors by insulating ourselves from loss. And this is what I want you to understand. Death is not the end of life. Death is a key part of life. It's going to take a while for that to sink in on you. But let me explain. If you think of death as the end of life, then you're going to if you think of loss, then you're going to spend much of your time trying to shield yourself from it. So we talked about in this series uh, denying. We talked about denial. And then we talked about anger. Shane did a good job last week. Talked about anger. And we talked about these as stages, stages of grief. Somebody recognized them. And again, they're not clean. They're, they're messy. Sometimes you're on this stage and you slide to this one. But... There's a stage called bargaining. Bargaining. God, let's make a deal. Anybody ever make a deal with God? Now, if you think about this, first of all, probably the truth is we've probably all done it. And there's so many classic stories of it, right? Like modern stories, and they're classic, you know, like, oh, I was in a car accident, and I saw the world flash in my life, and I just prayed to God. God, if you will just spare me, I will do whatever you want. Anybody know these stories? By the way, there's tons of these stories, people bargaining with God in the scriptures, and tons of them in the Old Testament. In fact, there's a really fascinating one. I mean, just a mind blower. If you ever read the book of Judges, it's about the 11th chapter, and there's this guy named Jephthah. And Jephthah wants God's help. And he's like, God, if you will just help me. I mean, if you'll get me through this one. If you'll give me this, just this one win. Let me land this business deal. If you'll just get me this. He, he says, when I get home, the first thing that walks out that door, I'm going to sacrifice to you. Deal goes through. He comes home. Who comes walking out the front door first? His daughter. 
In other words, there are tons of these examples in scripture, in modern day life, in our own life, where we've bargained with God. God, just do this and I will do that. Who's ever bargained with God? Uh, think about how silly that idea is. Yet we all do it. At least we've all done it. It's absolutely crazy because first of all, you have no leverage. How much leverage do you have with God? Eh. Thanks for playing. You have no leverage. When you come to your side of the bargaining table, what exactly are you offering to God? Kind of a big deal. Oh, I could, do, I could, I could go to Africa and be a missionary. Ooh, God says. <laughs> Wouldn't you be something? In other words, when you start to really think about what this means, it, it means it's, that there's nothing that you really, that God can't get some other way. Scripture bears this out time and time again. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It's a way of saying there's really nothing that you have that God needs. Therefore, he's never in a position where you have any type of bargaining power with him. It's okay, though. First, I want to say this. It's okay if you've bargained with God and if you are, because we all go through stages. These are stages. Everybody goes in a stage. Your kids ever go through phases? Huh? How do you remember the, the stages your kids are in, right? People always told me it's the terrible twos. I'm, honestly, the, the twos have been good. I mean, twos are almost over. and it's, I mean, they're not perfect. They're, they're some rough days. But I haven't seen them as terrible twos, but they said it's really threes, what they meant to say. So, okay. But there are moments you have these, these phases, and it's, she's tired, she's crabby, and she's just completely unmanageable. Anybody ever seen this before? And I'm explaining it to people, and they're like, that's nothing. She's not even a teenager yet. In other words, they're saying, just enjoy it. Just celebrate it. But then there's another phase. You get the teenage years, and they have this phase, and, and there's very common traits. And we laugh about them because that's just true. They go through this phase, and then you're in this phase. Same thing is true. It's okay if you're in a bargaining phase. As long as when you get past it, you recognize how ridiculous it is. You can't recognize why you're in it because you think it's sane. In other words, teenagers think they're sane. They think they're rational. They think, you know, just like Charlie, she thinks she's completely rational. And you get past that, and then you look back and you go, oh. Anybody ever look back and go, oh. Please raise your hand. Because if you're not, we, I mean... Anybody look back and go, oh, yeah, that was, an, that, was a, that was a phase when I thought that way about myself, about life, about humanity, about... And you go through phases. And one of the phases when you're losing something is bargaining. You, you try to nego negotiate. Here's a story we've been using for most of the series. Matthew 16 Right after there's this confession by Peter, who am I? You're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. 
From that time on, verse 21, Jesus began to explain. He explained to the disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things. Now, this had not been on the radar screen. So just as if I've said to you many times, you know, it's true, we're all going to die. You're going to, I'm going to die. It's true. You nod your head, you know it somewhere here. It's not really settled here. It's maybe subconsciously you don't really believe it. Jesus says to them, he's going to suffer and he's going to die. And he's going to be killed. And on the third day, he's going to be raised to life. And Peter took him aside and he began to rebuke him. Never, Lord. In other words, denial. Never. That's not going to happen. We're not going to let that happen. You're not going to let that happen. This will never happen to you. This will never happen to me. How many have ever said, this is never going to happen to me, only to find out, sure enough, it did. Sure enough. What's the saying? There's cliches for a reason. Never say, never never say never. This will never happen to you. Then Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me. Satan, you are a stumbling block. You're just in my way. You don't have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. You're not thinking on a God plane. You're thinking on a human plane. There's all different planes of thinking. Some people call them levels of consciousness. Whatever you call them doesn't matter. But this is what Jesus was explaining to Peter. You're thinking at this level, not this level. God's ways, it says, are higher than our ways. We have a way of thinking. Look here. We have a way of thinking, and we're so proud of it. We're just so proud of it. We argue, we rationalize, we prove. Huh? Who loves proving? Oh, I proved you were wrong. Oh, I just let them have it. All at this level. All here. And there's another level. Charlie's got a level. Well, <laughs> well, it's just, He's like, Peter, you're seeing this from a vantage point that's so limited. That's why I say we go through phases. It's okay to go through a phase as long as you recognize it later that it was a phase. But will you recognize it as a phase when you're in it? The answer is no if you're paying attention. No, you won't recognize it. You'll think this is the most normal, this is the right way, just as Peter did. Peter completely believed in what he thought at the time. That's just normal. When you're insane, you think you're normal. Until you get past it. Until you get past it. And so he goes and he, he says to Peter, um, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Who here considers himself a follower of Christ? Consider yourself that. I had about a third of you. It's going to take me a few years. Thought I would have did better. Anyway, what the heck? Imagine when I stand before the judgment throne, what I got coming. You got a third of your church there, Pastor. 
does anyone on this side of the room consider themselves a follower? I mean, I guess a few might even not, but I thought, okay, there we go, more four-fifths. Okay, that's better. So Jesus, from his, if you want to be that, if you consider yourself that, you're going to have to have a cross. You're going to have to accompany. Not one on your car, not one on your neck, one on your shoulder. In other words, what was he saying there? He wasn't handing out jewelry. You're going to deny yourself. Ready? It's going to feel like you're dying. This is not about this one big event. This is about a thousand many deaths. If you get this in this series, it will change you forever. That you're constantly dying. Constantly. You know what the Apostle Paul said? 1 Corinthians 15, verse 31. I die daily. What could that possibly mean? I have a couple ideas. One of the things it might mean is this. Every single day, I don't get my way. Who can say that's true? Every single day, I don't get my I wanted this, and I got that. I wanted to be in this lane, going past this guy, and this guy got in front of me. I wanted this guy's job, and this lady took my job. I wanted this to happen, and that happened. And, and I wanted to, I didn't want my toes burnt, especially because it was the last piece. Who's ever done it? Huh? You know how to scrape the black stuff off in the sink? You got to do that? Sticks, makes a mess, but you... Do you know how to do these things, or should we do a class? We can do a class. The last piece of toast, when you burn it, you're like, why did I burn it? Like my toaster, you put it in, and I don't know why I don't have it adjusted right, but it's always underdone. And so I put it back in. Anyone ever do this? I put it back in, and then if I wait, I got I to gotta be there. But if I go get distracted, then it does the whole cycle twice. It can't do the cycle twice. It's burnt. I got problems, but these are the things that go wrong in my life. And I die every day. But you die every day. Why did, this, why did this happen to me? That wasn't supposed to happen. Why did this person get this? Your ego dies. Your reputation dies. Paul said, I die every single day. If you are starting to understand this, what, here's what's coming to your mind. I have to make a decision every single day to let go. Let go. Because what's the opposite of letting go? Holding on. Control. Here's what bargaining is, and we all do it. Bargaining is control. So Jesus goes on, he says, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to carry your cross. You're going to have to die. You're going to have to... Let go, Peter. Let go. Let me handle this. How many really want to let God handle it but like to give him advice? <laughs> right? I mean, and that's just really how, that's really where we live. For he, and this is the verse I want you to sear into your brain today for the bargaining phase. Whoever wants to save his life will What? lose it. If you want to save your life, you're going to lose it. 
If you want to hold on, if you want to, you're going to miss your life. You're going to lose it. I can't think of a better example than sitting on grandma's plastic-covered couches. Anybody? And if you have them, I don't, I don't mean any offense, because you probably have a really nice couch underneath there. But I mean, you ever go to someone's house and like this? They got. You remember the era? Does anybody know? Um, I probably offended somebody. I don't mean to. I'm just. I'm not. It's, just, it's good. You have a nice couch under there. But you want. You might want to touch it one day. I mean, you know, you go to grandma's house and remember that era? It was like everything was covered in plastic, and then they were saving it. Because they grew up in an era where you saved it. Got to save it. We got to save it. We got to save it. So you get on there, and God forbid you wore shorts. Do you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> You know what I mean? You sweat, like just sweating, like mom thinks you sit there. The grandma's house. You know, you didn't get to run around in those days, you just had to sit there while adults had conversation and you're sweating your legs. Then it's time to go, honey. <laughs> mom, half of my leg is stuck on grandma's couch. And you want to, but they're, what, what are they doing? Saving it. I'm saving the couch. But here, here's what a lot of people are doing. Trying to save your life, trying to control it. I don't want any dust. I don't want any dirt. I don't want any germs. I don't want anything. And sure, everybody wants their life to be perfect. But if you try to plastic wrap your life, you're never going to touch the fabric. You're never going to feel life. Never. Jesus said, if you lose your life, then you'll find it. If you take the bubble wrap off of your life, you know what we're talking about? We're talking about letting go of fear. Just letting go. Stop letting. Well, what if they spill something on it? You know, we, we thought about getting a new couch. You know, Vicki and I were talking about it. And we both looked at it. It's like, what are we talking about? Have we both lost our minds? Why do we care if we have a new couch? Our couch is trashed. Well, that's why we wanted one. But as if we were living in some fantasy land, like tomorrow Charlie's going to have all these wonderful manners. She's not going to jump on the couch or spill things on the couch or use Play-Doh on the couch. Is anybody with me? Come over to our house. We have a terrible couch, and I'd love for you to sit on it and just, just wear something old. You have to make a decision. This is the key. You have to make a fundamental decision in your life. You're going to spend the rest of your life trying to plastic wrap it, trying to save everything. Save, what are you doing? I don't want anyone to talk bad about me. I don't want anything bad to happen. I don't want, you're, you're going to be the most miserable person on the planet. Bad things happen every day. Unfortunate things happen every day. You have to make a decision in your life. I'm not going to try to control my life anymore. I'm not going to try to control every single outcome. Get this fear behind you and find yourself so free to live. That's what Jesus, I think that's what he meant. Paul said, I no longer live. Galatians 2, I goes, I'm not even alive anymore. I no longer live, Christ lives in me. I think a lot of Jesus' teachings we missed completely. Because we're control freaks. Paul was a control freak too. Not just Peter. So was Paul. Can you imagine Paul? Like he so badly wanted people to, 
to follow his religion, that he would travel to other towns and persecute people, arrest them. People always worry about, like, man, I'm a control freak. They always apologize to me for things that they don't think they're doing right. Pastor, I'm sorry. I got to get back into church. It's like, I know. I've been keeping score. And this is, a, this is how people think, right? Control, control. Paul wanted to control, and Paul was miserable. Why? Because when you're trying to control everything, it's just miserable. And you can't control it anyway. Who learned that? You can't control it anyway. But what you can do is trust. You can live by faith. You can stop bargaining. Thank God for the phase that it was. You had a good run in the bargaining phase. Now, I can't tell you when you're going to be out of that phase. But I can tell you this. The sooner you recognize it for what it is, the better. The sooner you realize you can't negotiate and you can't control God or life, the freer you will be. You know, I mean, it seems like every week I tell you one Charlie story, so I'll just, I'll just tell you one because, you know, as you know, Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these because it's like they get it. There's so much that they don't get and there's so much that they do. Like, she has no fear of being embarrassed in public. Isn't that something? You know, they say, like, the, besides dying, the number one fear people have is doing this, speaking in public. Isn't that amazing? Why? Because it's, it's terrifying. Because you guys are mean. I mean, because you say bad things. I mean, you, you get exposed. You're up here, and you're just exposed, and people just talk about you. And it's just, so she, she has no fear. There's no fear. Just dance, sing, twirl around. It doesn't matter if it's a dress or a diaper. I know God loved the day when you don't care if you're wearing a dress or a diaper. And you're just free and you're happy because you've let the, the, the fear isn't a factor. Jesus says, whoever loses his life, that's going to be the person that's going to find it. Let go. Just lose it. Yeah, but this is... Let go. And you find it. It's going to come back to you. You're going to dance again. Hmm? You're going to dance again. Think about it. Think about the freest you've ever been in your life. And remember, free to be completely you. Were you worried? Were you afraid? No. You put that stuff behind you. And here's the thing. Everybody look. This is not a morbid message. Because do you know the entire chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, where I quoted Paul saying, I die daily. Do you know what that whole chapter is devoted to? Resurrection. This is key. When you know the resurrection, when you know the end of the story, when you know that this is going somewhere good, you're free. You're finally free to live like you've never lived before. Is Dale saying you can live like tomorrow never comes? Just free. This is what God has for you. And so you can embrace the loss because, you know, this is the part of life. 
You know the beautiful fall leaves here? Let go. It's the season where things are dying. Huh? No one's worried. Maybe a little sad. But we're not worried because what? Springtime's coming. That's what you say every single day. Springtime's coming. God always, this isn't, this isn't the end. It's never the end. And when you let go, you can finally begin to realize what God has better down the road. God is better down the road.